0: A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any of those who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, the voice came from Jesus, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but get up, enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Reverend Lauren. Just want to look at y'all. It is a gorgeous day. Oh, if you stand in the sun, you can't see them. Okay, that's a note to sell. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. All right, so a few years ago, when we were very first new to Denver still and not used to big city traffic, you know, we moved here from Cheyenne, Wyoming, where it takes 15 minutes to get anywhere, and with what they call like traffic jam is laughable in our Denver terms. Anyway, I was driving Jimbo and the boys to brunch on a Sunday morning or Saturday morning. I wasn't really sure where I was going and so about the same time I and everyone in the car realized that I had passed our destination a few moments too late. Now I, being a follower of the rules of the road, knew in my head that in Colorado, U-turns are completely legal. So the next median, I flipped UE. Immediately, a siren blipped and we were pulled over. Now I have been pulled over like a couple of times in my whole life. I'm a good girl. I don't get stuff like being pulled over. I'm so sorry, I said, what did I do? Um, The officer, who was a female officer, was completely unamused at my confusion. (laughs) She said, you did an illegal U-turn. Illegal? I don't do illegal things. I thought U-turns were okay in Colorado. Is that not the case here in Denver? No, they're illegal, unless they're marked. (laughs) Marked, I, I didn't see anything. And the officer kinda looked at me over her glasses. I'm sure thinking that my cluelessness was a big show, which it wasn't, by the way. I spend most of my life oblivious to the things that are obvious around me. Oh, she said, it was clearly marked. And that immediately became kind of one of those canon things in our Dylan life, the boys love to say when something is completely obvious, oh, it's clearly marked. (laughs) And it is. That no U-turn median is only a few miles from my house and all these years later, I've passed it hundreds of times and every time I see it, clearly marked. It would be nice if in life everything were so obvious. Big signs that tell us what decisions to make, what careers to choose, uh, what people to trust, what schools and activities to send our kiddos to. I know that I would have been served well to see a sign with a big circle and a red slash over a few people's faces in my life. Some of those relationships have set me down detours of life and faith that I could have done without. Now, as we meet Saul today, he is on a path of anger and destruction. The crazy and probably most relatable thing about Saul is that he is completely sure that he's on a good path, the right path. The New Interpreter's Bible says this, Saul's zealous persecution of the church has taken him from Jerusalem to Damascus, and he desires there to continue and extend his hostilities among people who belong to the way. Evidently, his efforts in this regard continue to be supported by those same religious elites who opposed and executed Stephen. That's a story from Acts chapter 7. And Saul's mission is to bind those of the way, just kind of a precursor to Christianity, and return those people to Jerusalem for a religious inquisition, perhaps one patterned after Stephen's. Saul is certain in his mission, righteous in his duties, undeterred by the death that his efforts are bringing. And if he is not stopped, well, the way might be a very small blip on the radar of history. And suddenly, as he's traveling, there is a great light. Right, that Saul is blinded by it for the next three days. And a voice comes out of that light saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who who is this? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. When you persecute those people that I love, you're persecuting me. Then directions come from this voice that he is to go into the city of Damascus and wait there for further instructions. Around the same time, a follower of the way named Ananias was also visited by the Lord and told to seek out Saul and help him. And you need to know that people of the way at that time knew who Saul was, and this was not a comfortable proposition at all music break, intermission. After being blind for three days, Ananias places his hands on Saul and the scripture says something like scales fall from his eyes and he can see. Not only physically see again, but mentally see a new path laid out in front of him, and one that would be all about Jesus. Theologian Eric Barreto says, There is a rich irony, of course, that Saul travels great distances, traverses miles of road, persecuting these followers of the way, only to be struck down on the way to Damascus. Plus, Saul's call will also be characterized by a life on the road in his many journeys around the Mediterranean. Saul is on a new path. And his presence and new purpose baffle the Jews living in Damascus because his life has taken such a dramatic U-turn. And suggest that for many of us, we have not had such a story worthy transformation in our lives. And this is big. One Bible story, study author wrote this about the encounter. So, this is their words. Recently, on an Australian TV program called True Stories, an old bikey spoke of his conversion. He claimed that Jesus actually spoke to him, and he was such a tough bloke, a petty criminal, and a drug dealer that his search for God could only ever come to an end in a face-to-face meeting with Jesus. Most of us just drift into faith. We search for God, find our search realized in the Bible stories about Jesus, and so rest secure in him. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Such a conversion is no less real than Paul's. It's just not as sensational. I love that line. Such a conversion is no less real. What are the times in your life that you have realized you missed a mark and you try to find your way back? Sometimes a complete U-turn is impossible, or illegal so we backtrack on side streaks hoping to connect with our original route again these small adjustments to our course might not make extraordinary headlines but they are nonetheless miraculous anytime we realize we've gone down a way that is not serving us and we course correct that is a miracle I saw a quote this week from American writer and futurist, Alvin Toffler, is that how you say it? Who said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and learn again. What might need adjustment in your life? an attitude, a behavior, a way of speaking. God is always calling us to kindness, to peace, to gentleness. Is there something in your life that could use just a little detour to get back on track? Our task, then, as people of faith, is to never be so sure that we are right That we fail to see the destruction in our wake but that we might be open to tiny conversions every moment every day that set us following jesus on the way i pray these have been the words of the lord for us this day